Tony. My name's Jim. I'm an alcoholic. Thanks, Scott A. and a sponsor. I've been sober since March 29, 1989. Um, that's five and a little bit. But, but I'll take six. You know. uh, yeah, I'd like to thank Tony for inviting us and, and inviting me. I, we had a good time and uh, listened to him all weekend, you know. Uh, got my butt kicked some ping pong all weekend. I haven't found anybody I can beat yet, so I think I'll give it up. Um, start at the beginning. Um, from the earliest time I can remember being a little kid, I mean, I was different. Um, I can remember uh, sitting out on my street watching cars go by, and if one was going too fast or something, I would go chase after it, throw rocks at it, you know, like I was controlling my street or something. And um, um, when I went to school, um, you know, I just, I always felt, I had this sneaking suspicion when I was like five and six years old that, uh, you know, they're going to figure it out one of these times. And I didn't know really what it was they were going to figure out, but uh, they were going to figure out that, that I really didn't belong with these other people. Um, and take me away somewhere. It was just kind of a vague fear. <laughs> um, I don't know where that came from, but um, I many nights I can remember being five, six, seven years old, and I would I would stay awake all night long, and I didn't know why. I mean, I would just lay there and be awake, um, and just be afraid. And uh, and I was always as a kind of kid, I was always doing the wrong thing or saying the wrong thing or or making a comment, and people would look at you like. You know, what the hell did you say that for? Um, and I just, I did that kind of stuff all the time. And, and I, you know, I had kind of a circle of uh, geeky friends like me, you know. Um, and we would sit around and lie to each other. So things went pretty good. You know, we'd tell stupid stories and things. And, and uh, you know, I was uh, not good at sports at all. So I didn't have that to do. I did well in school as far as grades and things. But, uh you know, that's not exactly something that, um, you know, you can go banty about and say, you know, gee, I got an A. You know, no one's very impressed. Um, anyway, when I was about, yeah, at the end of sixth grade, this friend of mine had a birthday party, and uh, they were smoking some pot, drinking some beer, and uh, and that was my uh, that was my second exposure to alcohol. I had, we'd gone to a restaurant one time, and they served me the wrong thing, and uh, twice, which was good, and, uh, and uh, it wasn't really enough to do a whole lot, but I felt it, and I liked it, but I didn't really associate much with it at the time, um, but later, at that time, I mean, we were, we were drinking and, and smoking a little pot, and, and it was great, you know, I thought it was great, and uh, it's funny, they have these drug education and alcohol education part of your your class when you're in sixth grade to you know warn you off from the evils of all that stuff and and uh, I always wanted to try it you know I mean it all looked interesting to me they'd have you know man's impression of you know drunken escapade or something and and I always thought those were pretty interesting um, you know all the other little kids are like oh I'll never do those things it's horrible um, also, I should mention, you know, my parents weren't Alcoholics Anonymous, and and uh, they've, you know, been sober since before I was born. So, you know, I was going to meetings and hearing about AA, and uh, and I always liked 
people in AA and I always, you know, seem to be able to relate with them a lot better than with other people. But uh, um, I was pretty selfish. I mean, I was a person I could fit in really with with uh, different crowds. Um, I would just lie to them, you know, tell them what they wanted to hear. And that's what I did to, to fit in with people. Um, eventually, people figure out that you're doing that and uh, don't want you to hang around anymore. But um, anyway, when I got into junior high school, things just kind of really took off um, because there was a lot of drugs and, and partying going on. And uh, and that's what that's what we did. I mean, I started doing it, you know, on every other weekend, say, and, uh, and then... Uh, you know, every weekend and then a couple nights during the week. And um, by the time um, I was in ninth grade, you know, I was partying every day if, if I could get it, you know, as often as I could get it every time. And uh, for a while, you know, um, things went okay, but you kind of, you know, when you're in seventh grade, you have a little shortage of funds, you know, for buying drugs and alcohol. I mean, you know, you got your lawn mowing money and, you know, that's kind of about it. Uh, you know your tooth fairy bucks. Um, <laughs> it's kind of and uh, and so I started stealing money. Um, my parents had a business at home. There's money laying around. You know I figured, hey, they won't miss it. You know, and that's kind of how I was. I mean, I I never really felt. I took stuff and I would feel afraid that I would get caught. But I I, I didn't feel bad about it. I mean, I didn't have a guilt about it until later um you know it was just something i had to do and and once i had it you know i, I think this is something that, that a lot of people you know in alcoholics anonymous can identify with but you know when i knew that i was going to get it you know tonight's the night we're going to party i mean that was almost as good as the actual doing it i mean just knowing that i i could you know we're going to drink tonight it's going to be we're going to have some fun you know we're gonna we're gonna do it you know, that was almost as good as the actual doing it. Um, sitting around when I was broke, and I would just go to sleep. You know, if, if there was no party tonight, you know, what's the point? I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm just going to stay awake and, and have a bad attitude. Um, and as this progressed, you know, my uh, my uh, grades just went down the toilet. And, and you know, I kind of had this attitude of, you know, you know, why be educated anyway? I mean, you know, there's a nuclear war coming. Um, and, you know, this whole educational system, it's its just designed to, you know, brainwash us all so we can produce for, you know, Reagan and his economy thing. And, you know, and, uh, you know, why should I get involved in all that? I mean, life's over anyway. And what I really want to do was um, I kind of want to be like this rock star figure. I wanted to be like Jim Morrison, and uh, you know I I don't know how many people have read that book, but I read his biography a million times, and and uh, I was really into that you know kind of self-destructive image you know, or I thought I was. What I really look like is I kind of look like Eddie Money. Um, <laughs> my hair was about this long, and I'd, I'd wear this fringe leather jacket you know, and and uh, first time somebody said I look like Eddie Money, I just I was crushed you know. <laughs> Because I thought I don't want to be Eddie Money, um, and I, I was overweight, so I was, you know, I was really cool. You know, I had the chain belt thing going, and, and you know, the kind of neo biker type look, and 
and uh, it just it just didn't work, you know. Um, and and you know, and I hung out with people like that. I hung out with people who you know smoke pot, drink beer, you know. That's what we did, and and uh, sit around and complain, you know. Um, and and that's kind of what what I did for for you know junior high school and high school, and 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 like I said. You know, at first it was great, and and the feelings that I had were were great, and I and I loved it. Um, but I had to I had to lie and cheat and steal to get what I had to get, and uh, and I did it. And I didn't, you know, I didn't think I thought twice about it a couple times when it was really hard to do. But <laughs> you know, um, you know, and and I hung out with people who used each other, you know, and and that's just how it went. Um, like I said, my grades just went down the toilet, and and uh, you know something I always kind of prided myself on was that you know I was smart and I was intelligent, and that started to go away because when you smoke pot every day and and you're drinking all the time, you know um, your brain just kind of slowly stops functioning, and and I had a job counting coupons for a supermarket, and. Uh, <laughs> And I couldn't really handle it. It was it was too complex. Um, you know, it, it was too time consuming. It was like two hour a day thing, and I'd go over to this guy's house and count these coupons, and and I just got to the point where I was just like, well, this feels like about you know twenty dollars, you know, because you had to redeem the values on them. But but you know, I would just do that, and and um, you know, people in AA. It's funny because I would see people in AA over it. Um, they, he had breakfast for everybody in our group on Saturday mornings, and and all these people would come over, and it's like eight o'clock in the morning, you know, and, and they're all noisy, and they come upstairs, and oh, there's Jim, you know, and I've been up, you know, till four, and I'm just like, get away, and then invariably, you know, I'd have to mow the lawn or something, and, and you know, I mean. I don't know about you, but when I have like a hangover, I don't want to be mowing lawns and it's hot and stench of grass, you know, rising up and, you know, I just, I remember those pretty, uh, pretty poignantly. Um, anyway, it, it just got worse and worse and, and, um, you know, I, I, I just, you know, what I decided is, you know, if you could have asked me at that time, you know, what's your problem? I would have said, you know, these drugs are my problem. I mean, I'm taking drugs all the time. And I was, I was, I was smoking pot a couple, three times a day, um, you know, every day that I had it, and that was most days, and uh, doing other things in the weekend, and always drinking. I mean, I had, I, you know, we'd have a couple parties, three parties during the week, and I would get drunk, and on weekends, I'd basically be drunk the whole weekend, and, uh, and it just got worse and worse, and, and what I decided is, hey, you know, these drugs have got to go. i got to quit doing this, and uh, I quit taking drugs, and it wasn't, when I finally reached that decision, that's what I want to do, that wasn't that hard to do, and I think that's another thing that, that makes me an alcoholic, um, you know, and, and alcohol always worked, you know, sometimes drugs did or didn't, you know, I liked them, but, but, uh, but alcohol always did what I wanted to do. Um, I kind of, at that time too, I mean, obviously I was under a little bit of pressure um, from my parents as far as, uh, you know, basically they're saying, you know, when you graduate from high school, if 
you graduate from high school, you know, at that time when you're supposed to, you're out of here. You know, I knew that's what was going to happen because they were tired of my crap and, and, uh, and, you know, and that's, I was just using everything that I could, you know, and I was not a very pleasant person to be around. And anyway, when I quit taking drugs, um, I managed to pull together my senior year so that, uh, so that I did graduate and, uh, and it, you know, did relatively well, you know, fortunately. Um, but I was still drinking. And there was nothing, you know, things improved in my life, you know. Um, I got a job at a restaurant working with some people in AA, and, uh, and that was good. You know, I, I wasn't going to AA or anything like that, but, but, uh, but my life improved, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I was nervous, <laughs> to be sure, but, but I would drink, and that would take care of that. And what was funny is, um, working where I got this job, um, I started hanging out with these people. And I started, because I didn't really, I quit hanging around with my other friends because, you know, they would have just said, hey, let's party and so on. And I kind of wanted to get away from that um, for a while. And, and so I started hanging out with these people and, and going to some dances with people in AA and, and uh, you know, going to some meetings and things and just hanging out. And, and I, you know, like I said, I, I, I've always understood people in AA a lot better than, than normal people. Um, and, and I just kept doing that and finally started dating a girl that was in AA. Um, and, and, you know, my lifestyle kind of gradually got to the point where drinking, there weren't very many situations where it was okay. Um, and, and so I was drinking like maybe once a month or something. Um, and, and, you know, he was talking yesterday, I started to get real nervous. Um, things... You know, I was going to college, I had a job, things were going great. But uh, but I, I began to think, you know, uh, maybe this isn't it either. You know, maybe, you know, I got a credit card now, I got a car, um, you know, I got a little money, maybe I should just take all my money and go to California, you know. And that's and that was like this little fantasy I built up. Um, anyway, I, I didn't really know what was going on with me, so I decided that, you know, I'll go to Al-Anon because I just, you know, if you, if you talked to me then and said, are you an alcoholic? I said, no, you know, I'm not drinking, you know, very often. <laughs> um, and I really, I really didn't think so. You know, I thought, yeah, I had all these problems, you know, with the drugs and everything, but, but now, you know, I've, I've got this other thing. So I went to Al-Anon and I got a sponsor and, and I went to three or four meetings a week and, and I went to open A meeting a week and, and uh, did a fourth and fifth step, made some amends. Um, got active in service work there and, and sponsored a couple guys and, you know, stuff like that. And uh, it just got to the point, you know, I, I did feel better with that. But it got to the point about a year into it, year and a half, that, you know, this is not it either. You know, and I think that's something that's kind of a common refrain, <laughs> you know, amongst alcoholics. I mean, once we get something, it's just, well, I don't know. You know, it just doesn't feel right. Um, but... Um, finally, you know, as he was talking yesterday, we started a big book study meeting, which was very controversial. Um, people weren't, uh, some, some Al-Anons weren't really happy about that, but, um, we started this big book study meeting and, and, uh, it, you know, we were talking and this, this woman who, you know, fortunately I was kind of open-minded because I don't really like her. Um, <laughs> but, but I was listening to her that night. 
and and she was saying that you know I didn't need um, I didn't need alcohol to do insane things. I didn't need you know uh, anything external to do these bizarre things. You know I just did them because I was crazy, and and I thought you know I wanted to do things when I was sober, but I didn't do them. You know, I needed drugs and alcohol to push me over to do that. And that was kind of a connection. And we were talking about the doctor's opinion. And it just all kind of clicked. Um, I started, you know, and, and I wasn't, I didn't like taper off of Al-Anon or, or anything like that. I mean, I quit going to Al-Anon and I, next day I started going to AA. Um, I got a sponsor and, and we started, we went over the steps again. And uh, the group that, that I'm in... Um, is is we we're an active group it's kind of a small town but we're near a larger town and we have about 18 meetings a week um we uh you know we're we're a pretty tight-knit bunch of people and i was welcomed into that group um by everybody in it and and you know asked to do the things that we do and and uh what what we do there is you know probably a lot like what you do here i mean from what i've heard talking to people um, you know, I went to, uh, I had to go to a minimum of four meetings a week. When I was first sober, I went to five or six meetings a week, every week. Um, you know, uh, we talked about the big book. We worked the steps. I had service jobs at every meeting that I regularly attended. Um, we did, we do stuff on weekends. We have card parties for people or, you know, getting married. And we help people move and we do a lot of things, um, that are, with the fellowship um we have volleyball and and softball and all that kind of stuff and and that's kind of interesting just as a side note we have these volleyball tournaments every sunday and uh and you get a bunch of alcoholics and you play some volleyball and uh you know a little competitive spirit comes out and people get resentments over it and you know and and then you have to go to the meeting the next day and you know i mean and, and you're going to see these people so you have to be you know relatively principled or make amends or whatever and it's it's really a good thing um but uh you know the thing that that you know i i have a home group and and uh you know it's it's to me it's it's the best meeting i've been to um it saved my life and the people in it have have uh saved me many times um it's uh it's I think that you know what what um what sponsorship has done for me um you know my first sponsor helped me with the steps we did fourth and fifth step i I made men's reiterated some amends that I've made in in al anon and um um you know he he was good and and what what eventually happened is he stopped doing the things that that he was telling me to do. And, um, you know, you can't really put it any other way. Um, and, and I really didn't, you know, I've known this guy for, you know, I've known him for ever since he got sober, about 12 years. Um, and, you know, long before, uh, before I got sober. And, and he's, you know, he's a friend of mine today, but, uh, but he kind of lost his way. And, uh. And I struggled with changing sponsors, but I, I knew that eventually, you know, eventually it just kind of reached a point where I, I had to do it because basically I was sponsoring myself and, you know, using other people for a while um, worked okay um, for a while, you know, but eventually it reached a point where, where I had things that I had to talk about with one person 
and uh, so um, so I changed sponsors and and doing that you know with guidance from other people so that there was no you know so that it was a principled action it wasn't something that uh, you know left any more hard feelings than than uh, could possibly be left and and that that worked good and I have a sponsor now where uh, you know he's he's active in AA and and he's been a good sponsor for me. Um, we talk about uh, I talk to him on a weekly basis. I see him at at uh, three of the meetings that I go to, um, and we get together every couple three weeks and just talk about stuff. Um, and you know uh, I think that that sponsorship has been um, vitally important to me. In that, uh, you know, my my disease is something that that um, I think it wants to separate me from other people, and it's and it's always kind of a, you know, when I was drinking, it was uh, it was loud and clear, and the voice in my head that that my disease has, um, you know, I listened to it all the time, and I did what it wanted all the time, um, and you know, look at how my life turned out as a result. Um, it separated me from people who cared about me. It separated me from friends. It separated me from teachers. It separated me from society. And, you know, eventually, you know, what would have, if I had continued going where I was going um, when I was 16, 17 years old, I would have, uh, you know, I have a friend, and, and he uh, he lives in a rest stop for a while, you know. Um, he He ended up going into a nut ward. Um, he can't be. He can't have a job. Um, you know, he is just gone, basically. And uh, you know, he got put in the nut ward because he was going to kill his grandfather or something to get his inheritance. Um, you know, but but he's he's gone. You know, and and he was much like I was, and he was a nice guy, and we had a good time, and 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 he was fun to be around. Um, but but he's gone, and I've seen a lot of people. Who get cut off, you know, when in in nature, you know, when when an animal gets sick in the herd, they cut it off, and it dies and and it's dead, you know, and that's what this disease is trying to do to me. Um, it tells me that hey, what your sponsor's saying, you know, you don't need to tell them that, you know. Now, since I've been through the steps and everything, you know, there's there's a series of things imposed by other people in my life that kind of give me some boundaries. Um, you know, I have some disciplines as far as going to meetings, as far as, you know, things I do in my life and, and behaviors that are not acceptable. Um, and, you know, what my disease does now is, is it says, you know, you don't need to tell your sponsor about these things. Um, you can make this decision by yourself. You know, you don't, you don't need to talk, you know, and not, not just my sponsor, with other people. You know, you don't need to talk to him. I mean, he... He's he's rude and obnoxious and and you don't you know you're a busy guy you know um, you don't need to talk to newcomers when you go to the meetings you can just go hang out with your friends and talk to them you know you you work hard et cetera et cetera um, and that's how that stuff starts you know and then pretty soon you know and I've done this you know I, I I get off in a little place where you know nobody's really very much fun anymore and <laughs> Jim isn't very much fun anymore either. Um, and and then I have to go and and you know talk to him about those things and and get back in his, to the mainstream of of AA, 
And, and I think that, you know, everything that I've been taught in AA and everything that people have, have asked me to do has never done me any harm. You know, never. Um, everything has always gone uh, better for me when I'm when I am uh, trying to help other people, when I'm doing service work, when I'm attending the meetings I'm supposed to attend, and you know when I'm being honest. When I have some little plan of my own for my own personal uh, glorification or whatever, um, I I have unpleasant days at work. You know, I I uh, go to meetings and judge people <laughs> and. Uh, um, you know, I, I like I said, I, I don't talk to my sponsor about things that I should talk to him about. I fight with my wife, um, things like that. And and it's you know it's 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 funny that that we I continually go back and try that again. You know, in, in small and different ways. But but like I said, I, I think this disease really tries to cut me off from from what is helping me because you know it wants to kill me. And there's plenty of people who it has killed, and we all know them. Um, you know, I think that, that, uh, you know, talking about the steps and we had the step study and everything. And, uh, for me, you know, making amends is one of the most important things that, that I did in that whole process. Um, if I hadn't made amends to, to the people I made amends for, like I made amends to my grandfather, I, he had a bunch of drugs in his house. He's a doctor and, uh, I stole them. And I created this entire image of this guy as a, as a huge, you know, jerk. And what has he got these drugs for anyway? And, and uh, you know, he's always, you know, rude to me anyway. And, and just, you know, I, I wouldn't talk to him. I wouldn't go near him. And, I, and, you know, I'd stolen these things from him. And that's why I created this whole thing. And I figured, you know, he, he was a general in the Air Force. And I figured that uh, when I went up there to talk to him about this, that at at the least, because they always say, you know, when you talk to the sponsor, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? What's the best thing that can happen? And I thought the best thing that can happen is he's going to flip out and, you know, I'm probably not going to talk to him for quite a long time. And the worst thing that can happen is he's just going to get a shotgun down off the wall and, you know, blow me away or, you know, put me in jail or something like that. And I really, you know, that's what I thought. I figured that's, you know, I figured he would probably be very angry and that, that uh, you know, it just, it wouldn't go well at all. And and I ended up, you know, I told, I told him, I said, I stole these things from you and I'm, I'm willing to, you know, do whatever you want to... Um, to pay that back, you know, financial or whatever. And he said, no, you just keep doing what you're doing and, you know, you don't have to pay me any money and, and you know, just keep up doing that stuff because you're better than you were. And that was really about it. And I was, and then we, he just changed the subject and we started talking about something else. And, <laughs> and that was really it. I mean, it was about two or th- a minute or two minutes and that was it. And, uh, you know, I was pretty stunned, but... You know that's that's how those things seem to go. I I didn't have any amends that that went bad. I mean, I had, I had a friend who who came into AA and he's still sober now. And and uh, when he first came into AA, there were some lingering resentments that we had towards one another about from stealing some things from each other and you know the kind of stuff you do when you you know party with, with people. And um, you know, me and him went out and we talked about it, and and it went away. And that's I mean, it's just. Every problem I've ever had, it seems like, 
once I talk to my sponsor about it and take some action on it, they just go away. And it's, you know, I've thought about these things for like six months or eight months or something, and, it, you know, it just gets worse and worse and this bigger and bigger rock, you know. And then you go talk about it, and it takes 15 minutes, and then you go do something, and, and it goes away. I mean, almost all of them. And, and you know, I don't know. I I'm, I'm, must be pretty stupid because I keep having those things come up. I'm an alcoholic. Um, but, uh, you know, for people who are new here today, um, you know, or early in sobriety, I would just say, um, you know, get involved with, with people here that are active and people like Tony that are doing stuff all the time, um, people that are going to meetings, um, because, you know, people die from this all the time. Um, you know, uh, this is as fatal as a disease as, as AIDS or, or any other. Um, the only thing is people don't know when you die of it and they don't really care, you know, because, you know, from all the people I've seen, when, when they die of alcoholism, they don't have any family anymore, they don't have any friends anymore, they don't have anybody that cares about them anymore. Um, you know, they end up, people blow their brains out, people drink themselves to death, people fall downstairs, you know, people die in automobile accidents and they never put that down as alcoholism, but, you know, if it isn't, I don't know what is. Um, and, you know, the only thing I, I can say is, is, you know, for me, going to meetings and, and doing all that stuff, working the steps, making some amends, doing some, some, some things that I never thought would work, um, has transformed my life. Um, I'm married today, I have a college degree, you know, I have a job, I go to it, I work there, you know, I get paid and, and, um, and, you know, it's considerably more complex than counting coupons, <laughs> you know. And for the most part, you know, the only time, like I said, the only things that, that happen to me um, that are unpleasant are of my own making, um, my own uh, my own problems. You know, I, I don't have really a lot of problems that are put in my life by somebody else. Um, and and uh, like I said, I mean, this stuff is all, if you're an alcoholic, you know, this is the only thing I know that works. Um, get a sponsor, you know, do what, do what they say despite what you think because, um, I mean, none of us wants to do this stuff. Nobody wants to come into AA, um, but, but it ends up being the best thing for us. And, I mean, I'm, I'm at home here, you know, when I'm with myself and when I'm, when I'm uh, doing what I'm supposed to do. I go into meetings and I leave and I feel better. And I go and I talk to my sponsor and I feel better and I feel clean and I feel safe. And, you know, I know, I know in my heart I'm doing the right things. And, and before, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know that at all. I didn't know what the right things were um, because I had done so many wrong things. And uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit and I'm, I've been, always been told when you're done, quit. So thank you for having me and glad to be here in Seoul.